בשם השם נעשה ונצליח, שיהיו תורה, שלום וברכה, חברים יקרים. We're here a few days before the big day, Yom Kippur, and uh, I was learning the parasha today with Onkelos, and uh, had a few insights that I uh, figured, even though it's not a live shiur right now, uh, it's in the middle of the night, I had to share with you because these are things that are very relevant to each and every single one of us, that are dealing with a lot of problems, that are dealing with a lot of issues, that are looking around and are at times confused. And generally speaking, confusion comes from lack of knowledge, lack of knowledge of Torah, lack of knowledge about God. It's important for us to know that uh, there is answers in the Torah at all times. Now, the parasha, Parashat Vayelech, is a uh, beautiful parasha that uh, is one of the last times that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to Am Yisrael. And uh, when he spoke to them, he spoke to them words of rebuke. Technically, the entire book of Deuteronomy is full of words of rebuke, where uh, the parasha starts with Moshe went and uh, spoke these words to all of Israel. These are words of rebuke, say the Mefarshim. Now, before we go into the beginning of the parasha, we have uh, some questions. We have some questions that we need answers for. Somebody asked today, and uh, even uh, shared a nasty email, where I said, uh, why do you always teach about reward and punishment, reward and punishment, reward and punishment, punishment, reward? Don't you teach about something else? Maybe uh, teach uh, that everybody's tzaddikim, everybody's great, Am Yisrael is special, you know, they're all wonderful, Hashem loves us no matter what. Why don't you teach about that? Well, first of all, that's because that type of thing does not exist in the Torah, uh, whereas the reward and punishment does. This is the reason why the Rambam uh, said that a person that does not believe in the 13 principles of faith is not considered... Uh, part of Klal uh, Yisrael does not have a share of the of the God of Israel, uh, simply because reward and punishment is one of the foundations of Judaism. But the question is why? Why why does reward and punishment have such a high uh, level of importance in the Torah? That's the first question. The second thing that uh, when you go into the middle of Parashah, where well, you see that uh, it says in uh, chapter thirty one, uh, verse uh, sixteen. ויאמר אדוני משה, הנך שוכב עם אבותיך, וקם העם הזה וזנה אחרי אלוהי נכר הארץ, אשר הוא בא שמה בקרבו, ועזבני והפר את בריתי אשר קראתי איתו. השם said to משה, Behold, he's giving you a prophecy. You are going to lie with your forefathers, meaning that משה רבנו is going to die, and this people, meaning עם ישראל, will rise up and stray after the gods of that which is foreign to the land. That it is entering there in its midst and it will forsake me and it will annul my covenant that I have sealed with it. Here Moshe Rabbeinu gets a horrible prophecy and uh, that uh, after he dies, Am Yisrael will go after idol worship, will go after the rules of the, and the, the uh, behavior of the Gentiles. And uh, desecrate Hashem's name, desecrate His Torah, desecrate the covenant. So after Am Yisrael will do this, Hashem says, "Vistarti mehim," that I will hide my face from them. This is by far one of the most scary things that exists in the Torah when a person truly understands what it says 
as David uh, Melech says, "Istarta panecha itinivad." You hid your face, and I became terrified. In uh, Teilim, in Psalm chapter thirty, verse eight, where uh, David Melech says that the second that Hashem hides his face, this is when uh, all hell breaks loose. Why? Because there is a rule in the world, just like there is uh, the rules of uh, nature. Uh, there's the uh, you know the gravitational pull. There's uh, you know all the different things that are in in the world that Hashem created. There's also a rule called Esav Sonet Yaakov that Esav hates Yaakov. This is a rule. This is not a uh, uh, something that's a theory, but rather a rule in creation. No different than uh, any other rule in uh, in physics. Which means that at all times Esav wants to destroy Am Yisrael. Now, why doesn't he? Simple reason is that Hashem is not allowing it to happen because he's hiding, he's hiding them, he's hiding Am Yisrael from Esav. He's putting a wool over their eyes. He's putting, in essence, his hand over their eyes and steering their attention in different places, whether it's the war they have against each other or financial crisis or all types of other issues that they're dealing with, coronavirus and the such. He's keeping them busy. But at some point, when, when, the, when the amount of sins that Am Yisrael makes goes above and beyond that threshold, that line, where Hashem simply can't take it anymore, if you will, then Hashem hides his face. What does it mean, hides his face? That hand that he covers, that he was covering the eyes of the enemy, the eyes of Esav, slightly starts showing Am Yisrael. And all of a sudden, the attention starts focusing on Am Yisrael and anti-Semitism goes up. Now, of course, everybody knows that anti-Semitism has gone up exponentially in the recent years, so much so that uh, over uh, 80% of the hate crimes in America are against Jews. More than 50% of the Americans admit to be anti-Semitic, and this is just the ones that admit. It doesn't mean that the other 50% or so don't hate Am Yisrael. But uh, the key is that you have, at least in a country where you have the most amount of Jews outside of Israel, you have over 200 million people that hate them and want to kill them. Of course, anti-Semitism is no different than other places, whether it be England or other countries. There's anti-Semitism everywhere, and there's Jew hatred everywhere. And the reason why Hashem allows the Jews to continue living and continue prospering rather than letting uh, Esav do what they actually are programmed to do, if you will, is because he's hiding. He's hiding Am Yisrael from their vision. But as soon as Am Yisrael's sins go up above that threshold, then Hashem starts exposing them to the enemy. In essence, he hides his face and allows Esav to, uh, to do what they want to do. This is something that we've seen throughout history, whether it was the destruction of the first Bet HaMikdash, where millions and millions of people, much more than the Holocaust, were murdered in cold blood to the point where they literally made uh, walls with the bodies, and there was a river of blood that uh, went from uh, city to city from the Jewish blood that was murdered, or the destruction of the second Bet HaMikdash, or the Spanish Inquisition, or the uh, different pogroms that happen in England and in other countries, or the Holocaust, of course. These are things that are factual, that we know that have happened many, many times. And the, 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 the murdering of, of Jewish blood has been something of a, uh, a standard, if you will, that happens in every generation. And one of the horrible things is, is that we already knew about it ahead of time. We already knew that this is going to happen ahead of time due to our actions. So now the... Uh, when Hashem is hiding his face, it's a very scary thing. So you would think, okay, so if he's hiding his face, or if we do tshuva, that means it'll stop. So the very next verse says, 
על כי אין אלוהי בקרבי מצאוני הרעות האלה. השם says, השם says, look what, what after I hide my face from them, look what they're going to say. Look what Am Yisrael is going to say. I will say on that day, is it not because my God is not in my midst that these misfortunes have found me? Meaning that Am Yisrael is admitting, admitting to their, the, the issues are connected. The Holocaust is connected. The pogrom is connected. The money loss is connected. The cancer is connected. The uh, whatever problem is happening, whatever pain is, 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 is uh, hurting, it's all connected to lack of God in my life. So you would think that if things work based on our lowly human logic, we made a mistake, we went after idolatry, idolatry of money, idolatry of all types of promiscuity, idolatry of uh, Christianity and all types of uh, fake versions of Judaism, like the Messianic Jews and other uh, heretics and idol worshippers, uh, you know, Buddha, all types of other things. So it's, we made the mistake. Now we admit after all of these mistakes, we saw that God hid his face from us and all the problems happened to us. So we admit that it's because there's lack of God in our life. So you would think this is a step of tshuva. And logically, it would mean that the very next verse would say, and God accepted our tshuva and he loved us and he cared about us and he saved us and uh, everything went fine. The problem is it doesn't say that. What does it say instead? In the verse 18, chapter 31 still, it says, V'anochi astir astir panai bayom ahu, al kol ha-ra'a asher asa ki panai l'Elohim achirim. The verse says, But I will surely hide my face on that day. Here he says, hide more than once, meaning initially he says, I'll hide my face, but here he says, astir astir panai, meaning I'll surely hide my face, double hide my face. I'm even making things even worse. Wait, but we just, I thought we just did tshuva. Why is it making things worse? But I will surely hide my face on that day because of all the evil that it did for it had turned to gods of others. So this is against human logic. We recognize that the problems are coming because there's lack of God, there's lack of Shabbat, there's lack of modesty, there's lack of uh, honesty in business, there's lack and lack and lack and lack of Torah. Bottom line. You hid your face before. We recognize you should stop hiding your face. That's logic. But it doesn't happen. In fact, the next verse after that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu even ups the ante. And he tells, he commands, commands Moshe to write a song. So now, Write this song for yourselves and teach it to the children of Israel. Place it in their mouths so that this song shall be for me a witness against the children of Israel. Which song are they talking about? The Mefarshim, the commentaries are talking about the very next parasha called Parashat Azinu. Parashat Azinu is a song, is what Hashem calls it. And in fact, Onkelo says Hashem is calling it a song of praise. Now, anyone that has read Parashat Azinu has no idea what you're talking about. What do you mean, praise? The entire Parashat Azinu, the entire parasha, first of all, why are you calling it a song? Second of all, song of praise? This is even more confusing. The entire parasha is a rebuke about all the horrible things we did and how he calls us despicable and horrible and fools for going against God and going against the Torah. What's the song about it? And needless to say, what song of praise? 
How is this a song of praise? So these are the questions that we have in the parasha, but in order to answer them, we have to go to the beginning of the parasha and understand, understand the word of God, understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu in such a way that everything becomes clear. In the beginning of parasha, in verse 6, chapter 31, this is just, the parasha is very short, so this is just literally uh, a dozen verses before what we just talked about. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us today, not just the generation of knowledge, of Moshe Rabbeinu, but rather the generation today, instructions of how to be a Jew, how to be a Jew at the end of days, how to be a Jew today, how to be a Jew yesterday, and how to be a Jew tomorrow. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you want to be a Jew that is constantly with me? This is what you need to do. Be strong and resolute. Be strong and resolute. Do not be fearful and do not be broken before them. For Hashem your God, it is He who goes before you. He will not loosen His hold on you, nor will He forsake you. See here, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us clear instructions of how to be a Jew. First and foremost, you have to be chazak, you have to be strong and resolute in your servitude of Hashem. Every one of us has a person or persons around us that are constantly trying to bring us back to our sins, constantly trying to bring us forward to sins, but not to Hashem. Every one of us has a brother, a sister, a cousin, a neighbor, a friend, uh, a frenemy, a parent, or somebody that's constantly trying to bring us in some form of idolatry, some form of heresy, some form of promiscuity, and some form of ungratefulness against God. Every one of us has it. Society is full of it. The news is full of it. Uh, the movies are full of it. Everywhere is full of it. A person gets, gets invited to a wedding and he doesn't realize that he's going to a holocaust in the makings because the wedding or the bar mitzvah or the bat mitzvah or all the types of other silly parties that people have are full of promiscuity, full of znut, full of dancing, uh, uh, mixed dancing between men and women to the point where a person is not even allowed to step into the building. This is Avizarao de Gilui Arayot, it's called, where a person is forbidden from doing three cardinal sins. One of them is Gilui Arayot. Gilui Arayot is the forbidden uh, sex crimes, whether it's a, uh, a woman that's not your wife, or even your wife when she's Nida, or a Jew with a non-Jew, and so on and so forth. Your sister, incest, all types of things like this. And going to a place where there's mixed dancing, going to a place where there's promiscuity, going to the beach, going to these types of places is forbidden for a Jew. So much so that the Torah says that this is die but not sin. So much so that the Sefer Hasidim 800 years ago writes that people that go to places where there's mixed dancing between men and women return home full of shedim, full of demons with them that are going to torture them and cause them all types of harms, all types of monetary losses, shlombite problems, uh, children problems, health problems, Hashem Yishmol. So here HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, surely you have a friend like this, you have a cousin like this, you have a society like this. You want to survive, you have to be strong and resolute. Don't go to those places, don't befriend those people, don't be nice to people that are trying to steer you away from God. You have to be strong. You have to stay away from such people. 
Don't break because they're trying to convince you by telling you all types of things. Oh, yeah, but it's going to cause problems if you don't come. People are going to be upset at you if you don't come to the dinner where everybody talks about nonsense instead of Torah. It's, you know, it's going to be a lot of problems. People are going to be offended if you don't uh, show up to the wedding because your family, all types of nonsense like this. Rabotaya Karim, HaKadosh Baruch says, you want to be a successful Jew, you want to be a successful servant of Hashem, even as a non-Jew, you have to be strong and resolute. Do not go to places of idolatry and all types of places that are against Hashem. And don't break before them. For Hashem, your God, for Hashem, your God, it is He who goes before you. Meaning that if you go and serve Hashem the way you're supposed to, Hashem is with you. He's with you at all times. In the end, you're going to be the one. You're going to be the one that goes to heaven. You're going to be the one that people ask blessings from. You're the one that their, their prayers are answered. You're going to be the one that's not going to lack anything. So much so that Hashem will not loosen His hold on you and will not forsake you. What does it mean not loosen His hold on you? What does it mean? Onkelos. Onkelos comments over there and, and elaborates. It says that Hashem will not abandon you and He will not distance you. So if you will not abandon me, then certainly he's not going to distance me. Why do you say both? Why does it say, Why not abandon me and not distance me? Because first and foremost, you're never going to, Hashem is not going to leave you. If you're serving Hashem the right way, Hashem is always going to be with you. And not only that, he won't distance you, meaning that you'll actually feel that Hashem is with you. Despite the problems, the tests, the issues, and so on, you'll know that everything is from Hashem. Not just Be'ezat Hashem in the, with the help of Hashem, but you'll know that everything is from Hashem. All of the difficulties are from Hashem. All of the good things are from Hashem. Everything is from Hashem, and Hashem will always be with you, literally to the point where you can actually physically feel the presence of Hashem in your life through all of the different things that a person goes through. So this is an extraordinary promise that when a person serves Hashem with zeal, not only would Hashem not abandon him, but also Hashem will make sure that this person feels his presence at all times. There's no greater promise than that in this world. So this is Hashem already telling us this is how we're supposed to serve him. But if we don't serve him this way, and instead we serve him the way all the heretics say to serve him, which is that Hashem loves you no matter what, Hashem owes you things, you could simply command Hashem to do things for you and all types of other heretical statements. This leaves, leads a people to leave Hashem. What does it mean, leave Hashem? The Pasuk says after this in uh, same chapter 31, verse 16, it says, Hashem said to Moshe, behold, you're going to lie with your forefathers and this people will rise up and stray after the gods of that which is far into the land that it is entering there in its midst and it will forsake me and it will know my covenant that I have sealed with it. That they forsake my covenant. What does it mean they forsake my covenant? We would naturally think that, oh, forsake my covenant means that they are violating the Torah. Violating the Torah. But the problem is that there is more to it. Onkelos says that to go against Hashem, Azavani, to leave Hashem means to forsake the fear of Hashem. When a person is taught not to fear Hashem, that's forsaking Hashem. They're being taught to forsake Hashem. When a person is taught that they only need to love Hashem, they're being taught to forsake Hashem. 
When a person does not want to fear Hashem, they are actively forsaking Hashem, Hashem Ishmael. Onkelos explains to us exactly what each and every single word in the Torah means, and he's saying that they will forsake Hashem by not fearing Him. And this will be the violation of the covenant that He sealed with them. Meaning that the less fear of Hashem that a person has, the more they are going against Hashem. So now after that, the, conclu- the, the, the outcome of that, Hashem says that I will hide my safe. I will, I will forsake them and I will hide my face. Onkelo says, what does it mean? That my anger will be intense against them on that day and I will distance them and we will move my shechina from them. Meaning that very same thing that he promised to give us, that dveikut that we'll have, that connection, that physical presence, that, that, uh, that, that connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be taken away from us. So much so that the tragedies will start coming. The monetary losses, the health crisis, the, the, the shlom bite problems, the children problems, the Shemishmo, no end of problems are happening to people and people are not recognizing. They're not recognizing why it's happening. But the reality is that Hashem brings all of these problems to a person. And then you would think, okay, so if the person recognizes that these problems are because there's lack of Hashem, then uh, that should mean that it should be fixed, right? Because that's the logic. But that's what we said before. That on that day, would say, it's not because my God is not in my midst. Is it not because uh, my God is not in my midst that these misfortunes have found me? That what we said before, that we, we are recognizing that the problem is there. So we would think that Hashem is with us. But instead of Hashem seeing that we're pleading, that we realize that it's lack of Him being in our life, that that's, uh, you know, that, that's enough, Hashem responds and says, but I will surely hide my face on that day because of all the evil that it did. So we have to understand why Kadosh Baruch Hu is not accepting this statement as a tshuva and even more so. Why is he even increasing the punishment, making it even worse? The tragedy is getting even worse after this. There's more hiding of Hashem's face. There's more tragedies happening. And not only that, he says to Moshe, he commands Moshe to sing a song about it. And this is a song of praise. How can it be a song of praise? Why is it a song of praise? So holy mefarshim, holy chachamim, give us the answers. Give us the answers that yes, this is a good question that Parashat Azinu, the song of Azinu is called a song and not only a song, it's called a song of praise. Why is it called a song of praise? When it contains the rebuke and prophecies of punishment and retribution. The Sfat Emet, Parashat Vayelech, explains that the punishment itself, that the punishments itself are a cause for the song and praise. Because they're all good for us. Because they are done in order to preserve us as a nation. As David Melech said in Teilim, of kindness and justice do I sing to you Hashem do I sing praise where the Gemara in Masechet Brachot page 68 
explains that if I'm dealt kindness, David Melech says, I'll sing. And if I'm dealt justice, meaning punishment, then also I'll sing. Meaning that these punishments are the greatest thing in the world for us. How could they be so great? And not only are they going to be great and sing a song about them, why didn't you accept? Why didn't you accept the, the recognition that I know it's lack of a share in my life? That's why my problems are happening. So, I thought of two, I thought of two ideas that we have a source for it right here in the Torah. Well, the first reason is why Kadosh Baruch did not accept the recognition that the uh, the problems are happening because of lack of Hashem. The first reason is because just saying, oh, these problems because I'm not keeping such and such. Oh, these problems are because uh, I'm not doing such and such. I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Those are nice statements, but it's not enough. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu has already gotten to the point where he is causing problems for a person, that means that he wants more than you just recognizing that you're not doing enough. You want your heart. You want your actions. And when a person simply recognizes the problems they have in their life is because of a lack of Hashem, a lack of Torah, a lack of mitzvot, a lack of chesed, a lack of servitude of Hashem, a lack of yirat shamayim, all of these lackings, recognizing that you're lacking is not enough. It's not tshuva. It's simply an understanding, but it's not enough for Hashem to change the course of your life. You have to take action. What action? To be strong and resolute, to do tshuva, despite what the neighbors and the uh, classmates and the boss and the wife and the husband and the kids and everybody else in the world that's telling you not to is telling you. You have to serve Hashem. No one else is going to be able to pay the bills for you in Shemaim. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that when you said all of these things, it wasn't enough. That's why I made it worse, because you didn't get the message. You didn't understand that if I'm giving you a pain in your arm, in your leg, in your head, in your pocket, in your, in your heart, in your relationships, that's because that's where you sinned. Says Rabbi Chaim Volozhin that one of the ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu communicates to us is by giving us specific pain in the places that we sinned, or else there wouldn't be a purpose to give us any pain. Any, any, any agony in this world. He gives you a pain in your arm because you made a sin with your arm. He gave you a pain in your leg because you made a sin with your leg. He gave you a pain in your head because you're making sins with your head. If your body hurts, perhaps you're not modest. If your arm is uh, hurting, perhaps you're wasting seed. If your legs are hurting, perhaps you're going to uh, play baseball or watch baseball and football and all types of sports instead of going to a shiul Torah. If your head is hurting, perhaps you're thinking about things that are not good, they're not good for you, the immorality. If your eyes are hurting, it's perhaps you're looking at immorality. If your pockets are hurting, perhaps you're not honest with your business, with your money. You're working for somebody, you're telling them that you're working for him 10, 12, 15 hours a day, but in reality, maybe you're working two hours a day. Perhaps you're not paying your employees on time. Perhaps you're lending money with interest. So a person needs to understand that the reason why Kadosh Baruch gave you that pain, why he hid his face and he let Esav hit you, is because you made a sin with that body part. You made a sin with that part of your life. And when you simply say, oh yeah, maybe it's because I don't have enough Hashem, that is not the message. You didn't get the point, so he has to make it worse. He has to make it worse. Meaning that, in essence, the whole point of the punishment is to save you, not to hurt you. Because this is a limited world. In a limited world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I can punish you in a limited way. 
Because even if it's physical pain, at some point it's going to end. Maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe next year, maybe next year. Maybe you're going to die. But the point is, it'll end at some point as physical pain. Monetary pain will end at some point. Emotional pain will end at some point. It's all limited. And I'd rather punish you and hurt you in a limited world in order to try to save you so you can get the message and do tshuva and change the way your heart is operating, the way your mind is operating, the way your pockets are operating, the way your hands are operating, and do it in the right way. So I'd rather give you that pain in order to steer you back to the right path so I can save you so you can get an eternity of good in a place that's not limited. Because if you don't do that, then I have to take you to a place that is not limited, where the punishment is not limited. And that's not where a place that I want to take you. You see, Rabotai Karim HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving us the pain in this world in order to give us a chance to avoid the pain in the next world because the pain in this world is limited whereas the pain in the next world can be unlimited unfathomable rabbi israel misalant said that when people get to shamayim get to the beddin of heaven they will not recognize god because god in their mind until that point is a god of mercy but what they don't understand is that the God of mercy is here in this world. Whereas in the heavens, there is no God of mercy. There's no mercy in Shemaim. It's just deen. There's judgment. You did good, you'll get reward. You did bad, you get punished. The mercy is here, meaning that the pain that you got in your arm, in your leg, in your pocket, and anything else that you have, that's the mercy. That is the mercy. That pain, that agony, that's the mercy of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. It's not that he gave you to the ability, you know, win the lotto or you found a wife or you had a kid and that's the mercy. No, the pain is actually the mercy, the punishment here, the physical pain, the agony. That's the mercy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu because that is a replacement of a, something that could be potentially forever. That's in essence trying to steer you in the right direction just like a shepherd will sometimes hit his sheep in order to get them to the right direction. Sometimes he'll... Show them the direction and they'll follow. But sometimes showing them with the staff doesn't work. So sometimes he has to use the stick. That's why David HaMelech says, Your staff and your stick, those are what give me comfort. Why your staff and your stick? Your staff is what directs me. But I know that if I don't follow the staff, then the stick's coming. And that's what gives me comfort because I know you're not going to let me go. I know that that pain on my back, that's your mercy. Because it could be much worse. Because it could be much worse. Hence the reason why the song of Azinu, full of rebuke, full of punishment, that's the song of praise. That's the ultimate praise of God because all of that pain is good for us because it's to steer us in the right direction. And the actual reality is that is the show of praise of Hashem because that's to show of his highest level of mercy that he gives us pain in order to save us and that's why it says but the Chai, in your blood i will live with you in your in, with the blood with the agony i'm with you but what if a person ignores it and sings, oh the pain that's because uh, uh god doesn't love me oh it's because there is no god oh that's because there is uh, something else that's idolatry that's heresy that's against Hashem he's giving you the pain because he wants you to do tshuva he wants you to return to Hashem so when you read Parashat Azinu next week and you see all these rebuke you're supposed to dance why 
Because that's the Kadosh Baruch Hu showing you, yes, that pain that every single one of us experiences in our own way, that's the Kadosh Baruch Hu expressing His love to us, telling us, I care enough about you that I'm inflicting pain on you in order to help you do tshuva so I don't lose you. But if a person ignores it, then he says, oh, no, no, maybe it's just because I don't have enough God in me. So why is the Kadosh Baruch Hu doesn't take that as tshuva? We gave already the first answer because just making that statement is not enough. But the second idea is because the Mephoshim say that in reality when they said, when they said that because the uh, God is not uh, near me, they weren't talking about Hashem. They were talking about their idols. And one of the sources that we saw that in, we saw in the prophet Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah, after the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, he saw Am Yisrael crying, and they said to him, please give us some instructions, tell us what to do. We want to do tshuva, we want to fix everything. Jeremiah was so excited, he's like, oh, Ashrechem Yisrael, you're back, you're back. Okay, destruction, there's dead people everywhere, destruction, but at least the spark is still in you. You want this prophecy? I'm going to Hashem right now. And he runs to HaKadosh Baruch he says, Hashem, they want to come back. They want to come back, tell them what to do. Hashem gives the prophecy to, to Jeremiah. Jeremiah comes back to Am Yisrael. He tells him, this is what Hashem says. You do tshuva, you fix it, he fix everything. It's going to be like the destruction never happened. What do those Reshaim at that time say? Nah, come on, do tshuva. What, go to Beknesset again? Learn Torah? Nah, it's not because of that that all this destruction happened. You know why it is, Jeremiah? It's because we didn't serve our idols enough. That's why. They, the idols punished us. Jeremiah almost loses his mind. He goes, what do you mean? The, I, you didn't serve the idols enough and that's why this disaster happened to you? You don't realize that it's because you served the idols that this happened to you? No, Jeremiah, you're not understanding. I don't think you, maybe you didn't even talk to God. Oh, you always talk about punishment, punishment, and tshuva, punishment, tshuva, punishment, tshuva. No, I don't think you know what you're talking about. You're too fanatic to us. Jeremiah says to them, but you're the one that sent me to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You're the one that sent me. You asked me to go ask him. I, I asked him for you. No, no. We thought you were going to tell us something else. We don't like what you're telling us. What, you tell us to, to, to learn Torah every day. You're telling us to give tzedakah. you tell us to uh, do all these things. Nah. It can't be. It's because we didn't serve the idols enough. That's where the Mephashim say over here, they're talking about, that it's because God is not near me. It's because they're talking about their other false gods. And what's the proof? What's the proof is that despite, despite the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu hid his face. What does it happen after that? They went back to idolatry. In this week's parashah, they went back to idolatry. Meaning that if you really meant what you said, that the reason why all these problems are happening is because there's lack of God in my life, there's lack of Torah in my life, how come you went back to the idolatry? That means that you really did refer to, not God, you refer to your gods, your idols, your money, your promiscuity, your all other types of foreign desires and so on. So you see, Rabotai Karim, when a person learns about fear of heaven, when a person learns about reward and punishment, they're learning about the ultimate mercy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when a person has an understanding of what fear of Hashem is, they know how to operate in their life. They know how to be strong, how to be resolute. They know that allowed, then I can move forward. Not to do it, 
but I can move forward to see if I should do it. Why? Because just because something is allowed, according to the Torah, doesn't mean I should do it. And if it's not allowed, there's no consideration of whether to do it or not. I'm simply not doing it. So how could it be that if it's allowed, it's not necessarily I can do it? Because just because it's allowed doesn't mean you should do it. Let's say, for example, there is a, a wedding you're invited to. And if it's not allowed, because it's mixed dancing, then you're not allowed to go. But let's say there's no mixed dancing. It's kosher wedding. Doesn't mean you should go. Why? Instead of that, you could be learning Torah. You could be doing chesed. You could be doing a lot of other things. Why do you need to go spend two, three, four hours at some wedding if you could do something like learning Torah? It's much more worthwhile. And you can learn Torah for the sake of the, 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 the uh, bride and groom. If there's plenty of other people to bring simcha to the, to the couple, and you can learn Torah for the next two, three, four hours instead of wasting your time, surely it's uh, something that uh, you, uh, you need to consider. There's obviously uh, good, uh, good things to do at the wedding, but not necessarily uh, mean that everybody should go. Just because allowed doesn't mean you should do it. Just because kosher doesn't mean you should eat it. Just because open doesn't mean you should enter. So a person that has yirat shamayim, that has fear of the Almighty, he understands, she understands that I have to look at things based on allowed, not allowed. And even if it's allowed, I have to say, should I do, shouldn't I do? They know how to operate their life. They know when to be strong, when to be resolute, and when you could be, you know, move in a different direction. When to change direction. So they know that if they have any type of pain in their life, they know that's a Kadosh Baruch Hu himself talking to you and giving you a direction to go that's perhaps different than where you're going. He's giving you a detour. So yes, it may hurt. Yes, it may this, it may that. But that's a Kadosh Baruch Hu showing, expressing his love for you, expressing his love for you because he's telling you, listen, you're going in the wrong direction. I want you to go a different way. I want you to go a different way. When a person has fear of the Almighty, they have the ability to be strong and resolute. They have the ability to have clarity. They have the ability to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and be glued to Him, to, be, to have dveikut, to have a, not only HaKadosh Baruch Hu with them at all times, but to actually have a physical feeling of the presence of God at all times. Maybe His will that during this Yom Kippur, we're all going to do tshuva and show Hashem that yes, we mean business. We mean that we're going to serve you this time. Maybe perhaps we didn't do it enough and surely we didn't do enough, but we're going to do better. Because until now we thought that maybe the pain was just a punishment just because of this, but now we know that really the punishment, that pain that you gave me this past year, that, that, that infliction you gave me this past year, all those curses that you gave me this past year were really blessings. They were really expression of love because you're trying to steer me in a better direction. I didn't know then, but I know now. Thanks to the song of Azinu. Bezat Hashem, each one of us does tshuva, gets closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and gets to a point where this next year is going to be the best year that they ever had full of blessings, full of Avat Hashem, full of Yirat Hashem, full of Chesed, full of Kiruv. And each one of us takes on the responsibility to get at least 10 families to do tshuva. Not just 10 people, but 10 families. We don't have enough time, Rabotai. Each person has to take on at least 10 families to help them do tshuva. Each person has the ability has to take on to sponsor an Avrech, to help an Avrech learn Torah each month. Each person has to start giving ma'asir, giving 10% of their paychecks for the sake of Torah. Because 
The reality is we need more Torah in the world. We need more people to do tshuva in the world. We need more chesed. We need more mitzvot. We need to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we truly love Him. And we need to make sure that we're investing all of our efforts, all of our time, all of our minds in the right places that are going to teach us about fear of heaven. Not for the sake of a scary movie, but for the sake of knowing Hashem and ending up falling in love with Him. Shana Tova and Yom Kippur 5783, Mo'in. Shalom v'chai everybody. We're back here in the United States after six extraordinary weeks in Eretz Yisrael, the Holy Land. We saw extraordinary things there. The beauty of the Kotel, the beauty of the land itself, and of course, the extraordinary beauty of the Chachamim. A huge event where several thousand people showed up to honor the Torah alongside us and also hear the wisdom of Gedolei Adol was what we started the uh, trip with. But along the next several weeks, we got to meet many other Chachamim, spoke in many different places, Kolos, Yeshivot, Bateknesset, and we got to see some of the most extraordinary things I've ever seen in my life. But one of the things that we did see that is not as exactly uh, as exciting is the spiritual poverty that's in Eretz Yisrael in certain places. Places like Tel Aviv, places that people are walking the streets without having a concept of what modesty is, without having a concept of who the God of Israel is, without even having a concept that the fact that they're stepping on holy ground. These are our holy brothers and sisters that we've dedicated our life to help to get them closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And one of the things that we're doing in the United States, in Australia, in Canada, in England, and many other places around the world. Baruch Hashem, we've succeeded in doing it. But one of the other things that we did see is also that there's a material poverty. A material poverty is simply so abundant, so extraordinary, that it breaks your heart. We're sitting in our house when the next door neighbor uh, that you know decided to pass by to say hello and while they were saying hello they asked us if we have any extra toys because they simply couldn't afford to buy their kids any toys of course my kids gave them their toys and Baruch Hashem we got to fulfill the mitzvah but there are thousands upon thousands of these types of families families of Chachamim families of Tzadikim that simply have poverty as a standard way of living these are the types of families that we've dedicated our lives to help as well. Over the last few years, we've helped tens of thousands of people to feed them during the holidays, to get them toys, to get them clothes, to get them beds, to get them whatever we possibly can. During this trip, we also lost a very dear friend, one of our partners in the distribution, a very dear friend of ours, Giveret Ital, that really dedicated her life to helping Am Yisrael. We're going to miss her, but as a dedication to her, as a dedication for Klal Yisrael, and as another way to honor our Kadosh Baruch Hu, we're continuing to do our food distribution as well as our spiritual distribution. We need your help. This time of the year is Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, the high holidays. These are the times where most people donate the most, most of their money during this time of the year because they need the righteous judgment. They need the good judgment. They need to be blessed with a new child, with financial success, with a health miracle, with all types of issues. And Baruch Hashem, 
people know that the blessings of the Mizakeh Rabim, people that have dedicated their life to helping Am Yisrael, those blessings get a special VIP treatment in Shemaim. Over the years, we've had many people tell us how each and every single one of their blessings that they received from us was fulfilled during that year. And as a result of their donations, they got many, many more folds of blessings than they could ever imagine. Please partner with us during this time of the year. Be generous and also be understanding that this is the time where every single one of us gets judged and every one of us needs a little help. If we help HaKadosh Baruch Hu's children, spiritually and materially, there is no doubt in my mind that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will also help us as well. Thank you very much for all of your support over the years. May Hashem continue to bless you. And Be'ezrat Hashem, we will all have a Shana Tova. ידידיי ואהוביי, אחיי ואחיותיי היקרים. אם שמתם לב, ארגון בעזרת השם פעיל במשך כל השנה. הפעילות שלו מתבצעת במישור הגשמי והרוחני. זאת אומרת, לדאוג לאחינו בית ישראל, גם לנשמה וגם לגוף. ישנם אנשים שעניים בתורה. ישנם אנשים שעניים מבחינה כלכלית. לקחנו על עצמנו את התפקיד הקשה לדאוג גם מבחינה רוחנית וגם מבחינה גשמית לכלל ישראל בארץ ובעולם. ברוך השם עד היום נעזרו על ידינו עשרות אלפי אנשים, משפחות נזקקות, לא רק מבחינה רוחנית, גם מבחינה גשמית, אם זה סלים בחגים, אם זה אוכל, אם זה שתייה, אם זה עזרה בעניינים רפואיים, בכל דבר ועניין שהיה נרתמנו לעזור, והחידוש הגדול שלא על מנת לקבל פרס. בלי אחוזים, בלי עניינים, עוד הפוך. ראשי הארגון באים ותורמים מכספם את כל מה שצריך כדי לבוא ולעזור לעם ישראל. זה הארגון היחיד שאני יכול לבוא ולהעיד שכולו לשם שמיים. לכן, ידידיי ואהוביי, אנחנו מבקשים את עזרתכם לבוא ולהמשיך להפוך את העולם למקום יותר טוב. הן מבחינה רוחנית, הן מבחינה גשמית, ואנחנו בקמפיין הקבוע שלנו לימים נוראים, לפני החגים, שאנחנו באים ודואגים לאלפי אנשים בסלי מזון, בעזרה לחגים ובשאר המצרכים. לצורך זה פתחנו בקמפיין גיוס המונים של עזרה לנזקקים ועוד קמפיין של תמיכה כללית. בפעילות הארגון שנלחם במשך כל השנה בכוחות הרע, בעניינים של כפירה, בהפצת תורה ויהדות. כל מי שירצה לבוא ולהיות שותף, כאן בדף הזה של הקמפיין, מוזמן לבוא ויקבל ברכת שמיים, שכל משאלות לבכם יתקיימו לטובה. שנה טובה ומתוקה, שנה טובה ומבורכת, ארגון בעזרת השם.